This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace your own financial, tax, legal, or financial product advice. Hey everyone, welcome to Gen Z Money. I'm Glenn James and a little bit of an announcement that we are making right now on Gen Z Money. For the past few weeks, you might have heard a couple of episodes hosted by my dear friend Azaria Bell. She's on with me today. G'day Azaria, how are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you? I'm not too bad. Now, the news that we want to tell everyone is that you're going to be the new host of Gen Z Money. That is right. Super excited. I've loved making the last couple of episodes and we have a massive list of content that we want to be talking about on the show. So, super excited to get all that out there, speak to some more young people and get those voices out. Yeah. So, before we get into the episode, I don't, I've got no idea what you want to talk about. I just said, interview me about something. So, I'm jumping in. <laughs> we can't do Gen Z money without shop back. Now, if you are keen on getting legitimate cash back with your online spending, sign up to Shopback. They've been kind enough to support editing, you know, a heap of Gen Z Money podcasts, getting this to you. There's a link in the show note. If you are new to Shopback, you'll get a $10 credit into your account, but you've just got to click the link in the show note to do that. Now, how it works is you can go to websites and if you install the Shopback browser, It will alert you if the retailer online, and there are hundreds and hundreds of online retailers, if they're part of the Shopback network. And what that will do is when you buy through Shopback, they will split any commission with you so you'll get legitimate cash back. You're buying the crap anyway, so you may as well get some cash back. So, thank you to Shopback for supporting Gen Z Money. And remember, check out the link in the show notes. Now, Zaria... I'll hand it to you. This is your podcast. You can, I'll just let, like, just tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do, because you may have touched on it previously, uh, but just for the new listeners. Yeah, perfect. So, I uh, live in Brisbane. I work as a money coach, so helping people with their cash flow, budgeting and all that kind of thing. And I'm actually in training to become a financial advisor. So, finished my degree last year. I've been working in the industry for a couple of years now um, and I've always been super passionate about money. And that started out uh, when I first started university. In order to go to uni, I had to figure out a way to pay hex because I wasn't a citizen at the time. So I got pretty good at finding things like podcasts, YouTube channels and books. And amongst that, I met Glenn as well. So yeah, over the last few years, just, just really getting all involved in all things personal finance, which is perfect. It's led me to the right place. Yeah. And from just like a um, personal point of view, like I think when we met a few years ago now, you were like on the front page of association magazines, Upcomer, like (laughs) you're such a go-getter. We ended up being at the same conference in the States, FinCon together. We went over there. So, we've traveled the world together. How cute. (laughs) Yeah. It's lovely. So, yeah, you're an absolute gun and I'm sure you've got so much to bring to the uh, the broader Gen Z money community and also, you know, we'll get you in on My Millennial Money and do some fun stuff there as well. Yeah, sounds good. So, what are we talking about on today's episode? Well, today I thought we'd talk about credit scores. It's a question I'm sure you get asked about all the time. It's something I get asked about all the time and it's something that I know I really needed help with when I turned 18 and I did not know where to go. There were no clear answers on anything to do with credit scores. So, I thought, Glenn, you'd be the man to ask today. I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions. We're going to test your knowledge on credit scores and we're going to bust some myths. (laughs) So, jumping right into it. Now, you pull me up if 
because I haven't really prepped for this. <laughs> so, it's the first <laughs> I found out. <laughs> so, if I'm saying like something is wrong, just tell me. But I'll try. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, yeah, I'll butt in. <laughs> okay, sweet. Perfect. All right. Well, first of all, we'll just start off for people that are new to this. What actually is a credit score? If I can be cheeky, it's probably the most misunderstood myth that's circulating through our culture. Mm -hmm. What it is in its purest form is a score that is created. And I'll, I'll go into the different companies that create it, but essentially uh, they rate you on your ability to repay money on time and mm -hmm. how credit worthy you are. So if you've got a really high credit score, you're killing it. Uh, but that flies in the face of almost common sense because if I've got a high credit score, oh, I must be really good with money. No, you're really good at getting loans and paying them back on time. So, mm -hmm. that's kind of what a credit score is. Perfect. And you mentioned that there are a few central bodies that control it. So, who controls credit scores? Who decides what your credit score is? Yeah. And this is a very common myth that is out there again. Now, there is no single body like the, the Australian government or the ATO or ASIC they don't have this central reporting credit score company that tracks all the citizens with their ability. What there are in Australia, they call them credit bureaus and they're, they're just private companies. And there's three main ones, Experian, Equifax and Ilion. And basically different credit providers will use one, two or all of these to report credit activities of people. Now, for those who are maybe just turning 18, you might think, I don't have a credit score. Well, if you've rocked up to a phone shop and got a phone contract, because each month you owe the phone company money, they've actually made a credit profile with one of the bureaus because technically for that month, you've borrowed money. Now, where it gets a bit convoluted is people think, oh, I need to have a good credit score. Well, okay, which, with which bureau? Okay, perfect. So, we got a good understanding of what a credit score is and how they're managed. What reason would you actually need to have a good credit score? Who uses them? Who's looking at them? Is it the banks? Yeah, I think it's anyone that will provide you with credit. Now, as I said, you know, a phone contract is a form of credit. If you move out with friends and register an electricity account at the residence or a gas account, that's credit. If you go and get a personal loan, that's obviously credit or going straight down to getting a home loan. So, basically, having a high credit score, I don't think is the aim of our life. I think the aim of our life is just to pay our bills on time. So, what there is now is basically real-time reporting and you can go to like Equifax, whatever, set up a profile and it will tell you if you've got a credit card or a car loan, they'll have ticks and crosses each month. So, I think the priority for somebody, if you do have credit or you do have a bill or you do have a phone contract, is to make sure that you pay your bills on time. Because where you'll get caught out, it's not this magical, you know, gauge with an arrows and greens and red and, you know, looks cool for marketing. When you do go for that loan... What the banks will do, they will form their own credit profile. And depending on the credit provider, they might run, they might sweep the credit bureaus and get a report from Elyon, Equifax, or who's the other one, bloody Experian. 
And then they might go, well, they don't actually have a any issues on the credit report. But they might mm-hmm. say, show us your bank statements. And then the bank will look at your bank statements and go, oh, you've been going crazy on Afterpay. Oh, you've been to the RSL every Friday night and taking out $200. So, the banks will form their own credit profile and part of that credit profile is getting reports from credit bureaus. Okay. So, let's say, for example, I'm living in a share house and it's my job to take care of the bills, but for some reason, one of my housemates doesn't transfer me the electricity money on time and the bill is a week late. Should I be concerned that I'm going to have a crap credit score now? I don't think that's the issue. The issue you've got is when you default. Okay. If it's a repayment and there's an X because you didn't pay that month on time, life happens. That's not a problem, but it it speaks to your credit character. Uh, The trap with the share house thing is if, you know, you move into a share house and you're like, all right, everyone, I'll put the energy in my name or something like that. Mm -hmm. The energy bill runs up, you move out, you forget to change something and the bill doesn't get paid. When it goes into default, that is the type of black mark that you do not want on your credit profile. Okay, perfect. So, a lot of people say that you need to have a personal loan or a credit card in order to build up your credit score. Is that true? Well, in its purest form, if you want a high credit score, you've got to borrow lots of money and pay it back on time because that means you're a worthy person. I'm in personal finance, you're in personal finance, I'm a personal finance commentator, like I'm in this world every single day, right? I have Mm -hmm. no idea what my credit score is and I don't care. I pay my bills on time, I've got cash in the bank. The advantage of one of the credit bureaus is you can sign up, I think with Equifax, you can pay $14 a month. I actually used to do it and I changed banks and I canceled, but I've got to redo it. And what you can do, you can put an alert on. So, they will notify you if there's an inquiry on your credit. Now, this is an advantage because it can stop fraud. So, if you get a notification from Equifax, oh, hey, um, you've had an inquiry from XYZ money, you know, the money wizard or something like that. Uh, (laughs) You can be like, no, I didn't. And then you can log in and go, hang on, that's fraudulent. And then you can stop any processes somehow. Okay. I think the best thing to do to have a healthy credit score is not worrying about that, but just having a healthy money life. And that is pay your bills on time. Don't live in consumer debt. Have cash in the bank. Because when it comes to getting a loan for something substantial, it's all about your credit profile that the banks will build. Okay, perfect. So, if someone goes out there today and Googles credit scores, what they're going to see is a bunch of websites claiming that they can give you your credit score on the dot and you'll either be in the green or the red. Should you take that with a pinch of salt? I think so. Uh, again, I just don't I just don't subscribe to this thing that my life's dictated by an algorithm. Like, mm. Is it a very American way of thinking? It is. And I'm glad you said that because Australian culture, we are heavily influenced by America. The crap we watch on TV, the brands, you know, all that stuff. I had a friend in London. She went to like a, an international supermarket and she said to them, where's the Australian aisle? They're like, <laughs> oh, we actually don't have one, but the American one's down there. Like that was how much like. <laughs> so, I think a lot of our like government policy is influenced by, you know, Britain, but our culture is influenced by the states. Now, you've got to remember the states, it is wild. So, your rent, you might need to provide your credit 
file, your car insurance, depending on your credit score, they might increase the amount you have to pay, uh, your health insurance, like it does come into play in a big way. I'm a bit pissed off because it's starting to creep into Australia and I'm just, I don't like it. Uh, I like the fact that, sure, if someone's got a car loan or uh, they are paying off debt, the credit profile can show that, no, they have been paying it on time. But I just reject the notion that a bloody credit score and a fancy little gauge is going to dictate our life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, let's just say, for example, you are worried that you might have a bad credit score. Maybe you've defaulted on something in the past. Is there anything you can do to get rid of that? Or is it just really a matter of waiting? Yeah, it's a matter of time. You can only remove a thing or a ding or something on your credit report if it's there fraudulently. So, if someone has stolen your ID and racked up a credit card and all that and there's a a report on there that's fraudulent, you can then apply and then prove that, hey, I've been a victim of fraud. But otherwise, uh, like most things, time heals all wounds. And I think up to five years, depending on the type of, what's a good word for it? Transgression. (laughs) Transgression. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. (laughs) So, if you have done something silly in the past. It's not the end of the world. You just, you might have to wait a bit longer, but you'd say most lenders are kind of looking over your situation a bit more holistically. It's not all dependent on the credit score. Absolutely. I mean, and and that's it. Like there could be people that just like, oh, I, I was young and dumb. Like I was 18. I got a personal loan. I skipped the country. I didn't pay it. I went to collections and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that's cool. Life happens. Uh, just make sure it doesn't happen again. And You know, a couple of years later, if you do want to apply uh, for a a home loan, certainly a mortgage broker can work through these issues with you. And if there's one lender who doesn't have an appetite for somebody with your profile, a good broker will find a solution. I don't think it's the end of the world. Okay, perfect. Because that actually leads me into my final question. So, let's say I want to buy a house in the next five years. What should I be doing to make sure my credit score is as strong as it can be? Pay bills on time, cash in the bank. So, the best thing that you can do, because all banks and lenders look at when going for a home loan, it's basically two things. They want income to service the loan and they want a security or a deposit, whether it's a Mm -hmm. parental guarantee, the government scheme, or you've got cash. So, that's the bank want a deposit and then the bank want to make sure that you've got income to repay the loan. And, and that speaks to like your living expenses. If you've got a heap of debt, so for example, you know, loosely $10,000 in a personal loan can reduce your borrowing power by about $40,000. So, if you are wow. thinking longer term that you want to get a home loan, you really need to start making sure your money is in order and have good money systems and just focus on paying your bills on time, saving cash and keeping out of consumer debt. Perfect. Well, I actually lied. I just thought of another question. Let's say, for example, (laughs) let's say, for example, I'm living at home. Um, I'm just paying board, so I don't really have a rental history and uh, all the electricity, the gas and all that kind of thing that's taken care of. I don't really have any bills that I have to pay. Let's even just say, for example, I'm still on my parents' phone plan, but I'm wanting to buy a house in the next couple of years. I'm worried that I don't have any record. Is there still hope for me? I think so because any legitimate lender will want to lend a good person money if they've got that income and their deposit. 
And if they do uh, sweeps on the bureaus and it's like, oh, this person is a ghost and doesn't exist, well, they need to, you know, manually investigate. And that could be bank statements to the parents. You know, I'm not a mortgage broker, so I can't speak to that. But at the point end of the deal, there are situations where the banks or lenders might have special deals. And because you hear the, um, you hear that things like, oh, you need a loan or debt to get a mortgage. There are Mm -hmm. instances where the banks, because they're just ticking boxes and all that stuff. If you went up to bank X and the mortgage broker said, hey, you'll categorically get a loan with these guys. If you just get a credit card with that same bank, even $2,000. And then when you apply for loan, you're already a credit customer. So little things like that can work. So again, you would, it'd be a matter of working with your mortgage broker. Uh, but I certainly don't live in fear and I wouldn't encourage anybody that is still living at home, is paying rent or board off the record, doesn't have a you know a plan that might be on prepaid, hasn't had anything like that. I would still maybe, um, there's a there's a website, I'm just going to bring it up now. It's called credit, creditsmart.org.au. They're kind of like a, um, a credit agency and, you know, they represent heaps of lenders and all that stuff. You can jump on there. There's a heap of questions on there. But as long as I've got a microphone and someone asks a question about credit score, I'm <laughs> so jumping on a freaking TED Talk stage and giving a talk about don't let it dictate your bloody life. That's what I'm doing. That's, yep. what, that's what I'm on this planet for, people. Save money, yep. pay bills on time, and don't let your life be dictated by a funny thermometer on a website. <laughs> but it could, but I was going back to like, it could be worth running a, a credit report sweep anyway, just to make sure you haven't been a victim of fraud. Just to make sure that if there is an account on there for something, they've got your name and date of birth right. Just to make sure that everything's all right because it could be held up. Like there's always, you know, instances where the banks and lenders are there's, there's like hiccups that, you know, one misspell. And, you know, we work in financial services. How many times has like a misspelled surname on a super fund just caused so much bloody drama? So, you just have to like sort it out when you can. So, when the time comes, it's not a bloody problem. Yeah. And I think you can summarize basically by saying, be good with your money. Don't do stupid things. And when it gets closer to the time where you might be wanting to take out a home loan, then talk to a mortgage broker in preparation and see what you need to be doing. Totally. And just don't listen to your broke friends. See, that's the, that's the number one piece of advice, right? Don't totally. take financial advice from broke people. Totally. I don't take hair growth <laughs> advice from bald people and you shouldn't take yep. hair growth advice from me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that can be the takeaway of today's episode. <laughs> Absolutely. Azaria, I am so looking forward to you pumping out some other Gen Z Money episodes. I think I've seen a list of some other IDs you've got mm-hmm. and it's it's been a blast. It has been. Well, thank you so much, Glenn, for answering all these completely unprepared questions. You did a great job. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. Let me know if you have any other topics you want us to cover on Gen Z Money. I can always get Glenn back on to have a chat and make sure you guys follow Gen Z Money on Instagram. That's genz.money. See you in the next episode. We acknowledge the dark and young people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respect to their elders, past and present. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast.
This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive, Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, is an authorized representative of Money Sherpa, Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289.